Hello, world. Thanks so much for joining me today once again. Aren't you nice? This is Joey Hernandez, and you're tuning into an older gay guy show. And let me start by saying, in the last episode, I had told you that we would be having a certain subject, this podcast, that was going to be controversial, but I was going to have some guests on. Well, once you get to know me... <laughs> you'll find out that sometimes things don't go quite the way I plan. So that episode is going to be put off for just a little while longer. I'm having a little bit of trouble getting my guests in here to do the recording. So I apologize for that. But I do have something that I hope will be of interest to you. Now, in the podcast so far, I've dealt with health issues and growing old issues I've talked about sexual experiences and some sexual stories, of which, by the way, I have gotten the most mail about. Everybody seems to love those stories, so those will be coming up again very shortly. But in this week's episode, I wanted to do an episode about something that is truly, with all joking aside, that is truly the closest thing to my heart. And that is to talk about my pets that I have, the two cats that I have, and about, in general, how I try to promote rescuing animals, animal adoption, saving animals. And that is uh, something that I do a lot on Facebook and uh, a fair amount on Twitter. And I'm glad that you would tune into this podcast. And I hope that even if you are not an animal lover, and I'll bet, you know, I think it would be fair to say that the members of the gay community are more sensitive at times than their straight counterparts. Perhaps it's because of the problems and oppression and bullying that most of us have experienced at some point in our lives. Or maybe, hey, maybe it's just a kinder, gentler gene that comes along with being gay. But there are a lot of gay people that I know that are very into their animals. It's new in the last 10 to 20 years that gay couples have been adopting and having children through surrogates and IVF and all kinds of ways of having their own children. But for many of us still, especially two guys together, we have our animals as our children. And we, we really truly think of our animals as our children. And I certainly do. And my husband certainly does. And so I want to talk a bit about that as well as tell you a story about what I consider to be the, I hate to even say it that way, the, the best thing that I've ever done in my life, I suppose I would say, the thing that I would like to be remembered most we're doing in my life. And so we're going to talk about that. It's going to be happy. At times it might be a little sad, but then it's going to come back to happy. And I hope you'll enjoy this episode. But before we head off into that, I do just want to take a moment to thank a couple more very kind people that ranked me five stars on iTunes. And folks, every time I get a star rating, 
preferably five of course, and or a comment on iTunes. It moves me up just a little bit higher in the rankings on iTunes, and therefore more people get to see me and more people have an opportunity to join in the show here. So thank you to the couple folks that once again rated me five stars. You folks are awesome. So of course, of course, of course, my name is Joey Hernandez, and this is Pet Family, the 18th episode of An Older Gay Guy Show. So I'm recording this on Friday night, and it's about 9.30. I was watching TV today, and one of those Sarah McLaughlin commercials came on, you know, for the ASPCA, where they show all those animals in cages and crying and her telling you that you can make a difference and playing that sad song over the air. That's when I knew, yeah, tonight's the night I'm going to do that podcast. When I was a kid, I had a couple dogs. I got a poodle, supposedly for my like eighth birthday or something. I never connected with that dog. To this day, I'm not a fan of poodles. I'm sorry if you're a poodle person. They're nice, but they can be yappy and really nasty at times unless they're uh, trained properly. And then when I was 16, when I turned 16, this was after my father died while my mother was ill, but still was able to get around. She gave me a collie, a collie puppy, and it was bred from a litter just a couple houses down. So I was able to get the uh, American Kennel Club certification on the dog. And I knew who the mother was and who the father was. And beautiful dog, lived a long life. It was wonderful. But for whatever reason, I was not an animal person at that time. I enjoyed the dog, but actually like engaging with the dog, like talking to the dog and bonding with the dog, that just wasn't part of what I could do at that time. And I lived my life for many, many years without pets. I just used to travel and used to think, hey, isn't it great that I don't have a pet tying me down? Let me just uh, interject one other thing. Um, It is currently 86 degrees out in Boston. It's quarter of 10 at night. It's 86 outside. And my thermometer in my office currently reads 96. 96! And I can't turn on an air conditioner or a fan because the microphone will pick up that noise. So I'm sitting here literally with a towel draped over my chair so I can lean against my chair and not stick to it. No shirt. I'm in my underwear. I have flip-flops on. I am as about undressed as one can be without completely sitting bare-assed. So I'm sweating my balls off as I record this. So keep that in mind. That's how important this podcast is to me. So that dog lived a nice long life. My, my mother died and I still had the dog. And unfortunately, eventually I had to have it put to sleep. And I lived without pets and just thinking, oh, you know, they're a burden. And you see people trying to find someone to take care of their dog while they're away. Uh, I just never wanted to deal with that. And where cats were concerned, I have to tell you that I used to 
kind of make fun of cat people. I used to think it was the strangest thing that someone was into this little creature. And I used to joke that cats would jump up on cribs at night and steal baby's breath. That's like an old, 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 old wives tale or I don't know, witch tale or I'm not sure what, but that I, I grew up hearing that and I used to repeat it all the time. Cats are weird. You know, they'll turn on you in a second. I never understood the bonding of a cat. So I lived my life that way for a very long time. And then in 2003, I happened to have a boyfriend that had two cats. Now, this was a guy that ended up being one of the biggest pains of my life because what I did, and don't ever do this, and if you're a lesbian, I, the rumor is, the joke is, the, the stereotype is that they move in after one date. Don't do this. I knew this guy for about a month. And one of our housemates had moved out. So we had a couple of rooms available here. Uh, they were rented together as one set of rooms. And so I knew that my boyfriend, who lives in the same town, he just lives across town, was looking for a new place to live. And stupid me was, oh, he'd be great living here. He's so easy <laughs> to get along with. and blah, blah, blah. Right? Okay, so he moves in and... He has two cats, which he keeps upstairs in his rooms. And he'd come down and stay with me most nights. We had a, a not a long relationship. So within a, a few months, it was very uncomfortable that he was still here. And the night that we actually broke up, as it were, he had been having his cats down in my room for probably a month or so. And I really got attached to these cats. I was amazed that cats were as affectionate and had such different personalities. I, I was just amazed by these cats and they just seemed so much cleaner and so much easier than dogs were. And suddenly my eyes were open to like, these creatures are so cool. Like they're so intelligent. They have that attitude like they're better than you. And if you're a cat person, you know what I'm talking about. They're wonderful. They're cuddly. They love you to death. But I think they probably should have maybe a little tiny bit of a psychological uh, evaluation because they're a little narcissistic in some ways. But I loved these cats. And when we broke up and he took his cats upstairs and that's it, <laughs> you can't be with me. And I'm thinking that's okay. <laughs> and then he's like, well, and you can't be with my two cats. And I'm like, Hey, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't let's not be all hasty about this. I could care less about him, but I wanted his damn cats. So no, he moved upstairs. So this was like late December of 2003. So I had decided that for January in 2004, I was going to get my own cat because I had bonded with these cats and they were amazing creatures. And I just thought I should get my own. I should have my own pet because I had lived alone for a really long time and I was basically fine with it. But I did notice like I'd kind of go from boyfriend to boyfriend and have them stay a lot. And gee, maybe, maybe I was 
needing a little bit of company, even if it wasn't a human being. So I went to the Boston Animal Shelter, which is a wonderful, incredible organization. Just amazing. And I went in and suddenly it's like being in a store, right? You've got all these creatures and all these cages. So the first time I just kind of looked around and got my bearings and I knew that like literally everything in every cage I wanted to take home and take care of. So I'm, I'm saying to myself, okay, when you go back a second time, <laughs> you have to be a little more focused and maybe not such a bleeding heart about it at all. Okay, cool. So I waited about a week and then I went back. And as I looked through the different cages, you know, there were cats that were sleeping in the back. There were cats that were right in the front going, hey, 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 and sticking their paws. You know, they're trying to get their paws outside the cage. And all that was cool, but there was this beautiful little tiger cat in a small cage. And when someone would walk over to talk to her, and there was several people in the facility, she would roll on her back and roll to play. And she was rolling in her food, in dry cat food. And I thought, I want that cat. <laughs> so I signaled one of, one of the desk people, excuse me, excuse me. I would like to take that cat into one of the visiting rooms. So they gave me the cat and I went into a visiting room. And this cat was just everything I wanted. So this was just after the first of the year. And she had to be uh, neutered. She had to have all her shots and all of this. It took, the process took a little while. And it was on January 15th that I brought her home. Happened to know that date. You know, if you're an, an animal person, a cat or a dog person, and you don't know the specific birthday of your animal, you tend to make it the day that you are coming home with the, with the animal. That's like their birthday, if you will. So that was pretty cool. So I named the cat Pooh, which is like Winnie the Pooh, P-O-O-H. And the whole first year, all through 2004, I had this cat. It, it was great. I loved the fact I had this cat. And I would play with the cat and entertain the cat and talk to the cat. But I was working a lot at other gyms. So I was constantly out and about, sometimes for six to eight hours a day. And I really felt bad that this poor little kitty was stuck by herself here in my apartment. You know, once in a while I knew my housemate from upstairs who's really into animals would come down and visit the cat a little bit and talk to the cat and give the cat a treat. But I knew that Pooh was alone while she was here. And I, I, I really felt kind of sad and guilty about that. So I intended that I was definitely going to get a cat to go with Pooh for her to play with. And I didn't know if it was going to be a girl or if it was going to be a boy or what it was going to be. So 2004 ended up being a fairly busy year for me. We had a fire here in the house at, in, up in the upper floors, which kind of inconvenienced everything. And I went to Guatemala for a while. So it, it just ended up being a really busy year. And I had intended eventually that, yes, I was going to go get another cat from the shelter, but I didn't really know when that was going to be. 
So another date, you know, that sticks in my, my mind that would stick in your brain if you're an animal adoption person. On December 6th, I was going up to the post office to mail something. And as I was walking down this side street near me, I noticed that there was a little cat over by a fence across the street. And I, I really didn't notice anything about it. It was like, oh yeah, there's a cat. That's nice. And I went on up to the post office, which is like another minute and a half walk. I did my business at the post office. And as I was coming back, um, I was on that same side of the street I had been before. And I was walking along and I came up to where the cat had been. And I noticed it was just a few feet away from there. It was still right on the sidewalk against this chain link fence. And there were these two girls that were pushing a stroller. And one of them stopped and said, wait a, wait a second, there's a kitty here. And the girl bent down to the cat and she said really loudly, oh my God, oh gross. It's, it's got all blood all over it. And, oh, it's, it's a gross cat. And they kind of hurried along their way. And as they were going, this little cat, it wasn't a kitten. It was a, it was a cat, but it was a very, very, very small cat. The cat was walking on three legs. One of the legs was tucked up under uh, his belly and he was kind of limping after the girls that were pushing away, meowing at them. And I stopped on the other side of the street and I, I watched this and I, if, if you're not an animal person, you will never understand what I'm about to say. And if you are, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. But I looked at that cat and I just knew in my heart I could make a difference for that life. And in the, in the passing of milliseconds, probably, it ran through my brain about all of the things in life that we, we don't have the ability to change that we hope will change, that we pray will change. But I knew that I could change just this one, one thing. So I went over to the cat and I'm, I'm, I tend to be kind of um, careful with animals. So I bent down and I just put my hand out for the kitty to sniff. And then once the cat rubbed against my fingers, I began to, to rub him a little bit more and he seemed very gentle and he was meowing and rubbing up against me and I could see that one of his legs was damaged and tucked up under him and he had no whiskers. Um, I later learned his whiskers had been cut off by some asshole and so he seemed very tame. So what I had originally thought was, okay, I'm going to take the cat to the vet and see what's wrong. And then I'm going to give the cat to a shelter to have someone adopt him. It wasn't running through my mind about keeping him. 
So I had a winter coat on and it was December 6th and it was one of those days, if you live in a snow environment, you know this, it's one of those days when you walk outside and just your footsteps make this crunching noise that lets you know it's like zero degrees out. It's a, it's a different crunch than if it was 31 degrees out. You know, it, it's this really bitter, bitter, bitter cold. And it was one of those days. And I had on a very large black padded jacket. It was an aviator jacket and it was very padded. And so I picked the kitty up and he didn't resist me. And so I put him inside my coat and zipped up my coat, leaving his head sticking out the opening at my chest. And I said to him, okay, we're going to go on a little adventure. That's what we're doing. And so we're walking along and, you know, I'm a little bizarre in case you haven't learned that. And I'm kind of chatting with him like, oh, look, what are you looking at? Oh yeah, that's a car. And we're walking along and I'm trying to be as cheerful as possible with the cat. And his head's just going around and he, he's looking amazed like he's never seen. I, I guess probably at the height I was holding him, that's not the usual visual sight that a cat would have. They would normally obviously be down on the sidewalk. So he was just like fascinated. It was only about uh, three blocks until I got back to my house. And I brought him in and I laid him down on the floor of my kitchen and I went upstairs and grabbed my housemate because he's really into animals and he has gotten rescue animals before. And I showed him the leg and he's like, oh, you know, that's really serious. You really got to take care of that somehow. You got to take him to the vet and whatever. So I kind of washed the leg off a little bit, but it was, it was mangled. It was really mangled. And I got out a can of cat food that Pooh had, one of the you know, a wet can of cat food and I put it in a bowl and he just like lunged out of my arms and just gobbled this up in two minutes. And so I gave him like another half a can, which he ate completely again. And this poor little kitty was so small and so sick that I could see the food in his distended belly. I mean, it, it was a noticeable lump that wasn't there before, before I, I brought the cat back. I named him Nichols, and it took a long time for Nick to recover. He had many, many operations. He had skin grafts. He had dental work. He, there was a lot of things that poor little Nick had to go through. And it took me years. It took me years. It took uh, close to 10 years to really get him back to the point where I think he was better than he started life when he was first born. I swear, he is the happiest, most pleasant kitty. He runs, he jumps, he chases my female cat, Pooh. He's just a joy. And every penny, every moment of my time that I invested in Nick, I got back tenfold. This cat is so happy and loving that you would honestly never know 
that he went through the serious circumstances that he did, that he had to have all the medical work that he did. My husband now is part of the team of us that we take care of the cats together. And quite honestly, they are our family. They are everything to us. They are our children. And we wouldn't have it any other way. And if you are a single person, you might feel a little lonely at times. Or if you're a gay couple, male or female, and you feel like you need another addition to your family, don't underestimate the power of the love of animals. You know, I, I, as I said at the beginning, I was not an animal person growing up. And it took me quite a ways into my adult life to really realize what they can do for your life. But more importantly, I think, I never realized what we can do for their lives and the difference that we can make in just one small animal's life. Please support your local non-kill animal shelters. Please go to the animal shelters if you are looking for a pet. Please get these loving animals that are just waiting for adoption, that are just waiting for someone exactly like you to come in and to make their lives incredible. And if you can't take on a pet, please do consider donating to your local animal shelter. I want to thank you for joining me today for this very important subject. And I'll be back in a few days with something else I hope that will entertain you. Meanwhile, please do subscribe to the podcast. And if you would like to reach me, I love to hear from listeners, whether you have questions or comments or any information at all you would like to pass on to me. It's real easy. It's the name of the podcast, an older gay guy show at gmail.com. Please just send a hi if that's all you want to say. Love to hear from you. Thanks again. This is Joey Hernandez wishing you a very pleasant week. Bye, folks. Mm-hmm.